my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. May that be true for us, that our words aren't just necessarily words of wisdom, although you can get those, but they are demonstrated by God's power. Maybe that's, may that be so, Lord. Amen. I'm smiling because I don't know quite what's going to happen next. And some of you won't know what's going to happen next, but David, could you put up the first slide for me? And I'd like you to have a think about that question. And um, if anybody's got an answer, what can change the world, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand and tell me what's going to change the world. Alex, good for you. I can. Whoa. Oh, sorry. You better turn me down, babe. I'm getting excited. He said, I can. Did you hear that? He can change. No, I need to go, I need to go around because the people... Yeah, I don't know what it is, but anyway, we'll get there. Um, another offer? It is a who, not a what. Jesus Christ absolutely changes the world. Wonderful. Um, we'll try and get to uh, Richard. The kingdom of God within you. The kingdom of God within you. Right, okay. But while you've got the mic, perhaps you'd just like to ask me an answer another question. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, you don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, please could you tell me how you first came to come to this bridge, to the bridge? Yeah. Um, through uh, Mr. Hadfield and uh, Sam Lee. Um, so through my friendship, and then I went on an alpha course, and um, after I gave my life to, to Jesus, um, they invited me to come here. Wonderful. Thank you. That's good, isn't it? So your friends changed your life helped change your life. Hello, Donna, do you want to say something? Um, the word of God that touches the heart of people, that, that brings transformation. Yeah. That's the original question. Right, okay. <laughs> it's that that's the problem, isn't it? Sorry. Creep across here. Can you have the next slide, please, David? Because I've no idea what's coming next. What's the next one? Ah. You can change the world for one person at a time. Basically, it's what you're saying, because you, you can help people, can't you? And you do in your job every day, and you protect hundreds of people because of your work, and we're very thankful for what you do. You can change the world for one person at a time. I know I changed the world for Marilyn when I said, please, will you marry me? And when she said yes, that really changed mine. 
What's the next slide? Oh, now this again you've got to think about, and I won't be asking you the answer. You've got to think about the answer and tell somebody that's you near. What does the Bible say has the power of life and death? Tell each other if you've got an idea. What does the Bible say has the power of life and death? You got an idea? Have you told anybody? Oh, good. All right, got some ideas in your mind. Okay, that's good. I'm pleased about that. Right, let's have the next slide then, Dave. Who said that? Well done. You know what the Bible says. Has the power of life and death. Has anybody really heard something and you just felt so awful inside? You just thought, oh my goodness, that is wrecked my day. Right, next slide please, Dave. Is that true, doctors in the house? Uh, Steve, pay attention please. Is that true? You can tell... You can tell something by looking at my tongue? You can. Mm, I didn't know that. But I think we all know the next bit. You and I can discern what's in someone's heart by what they say, can't we? And sometimes that can be uncomfortable and sometimes it can be uplifting. So here's some positive things about what we say to one another. Would you like to get the next slide update? Well, I find out where I'm going. So that's what it says. So that's the two things that are fairly negative. So I can be told to be foolish if I answer quickly because I haven't listened carefully to what someone said. And if I'm reckless in what I say, that can really pierce somebody's hearts and hurt them. Next one, Dave. I had to learn this when I was a school teacher. Those of you who are school teachers will know what I mean. A gentle answer turns away wrath. But then, have you ever seen this? That something you can say brings healing? Yeah. And I like the last bit. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones that is so good now I want to encourage you um, you don't have to put it up your hand but I know many of you have given financially and you've given your time to make this building a success haven't you and I want to say thank you but of course it's more than what happens on a Sunday in fact something happens nearly every second of the week. And I'm just going to ask one or two people, here it is, what they do and why they do it here. Is that all right? In fact, before I do that, here it is. Um, we'll watch going past there. Is that all right? Because I see Charlie here. Charlie, I remember you a long, long time ago coming here um, where did you come to the bridge in the first place? Do you know? 
Um, I was about 15, I was just trying to remember, um, so I was about 15 years old and the church I was going to didn't have very many young people, it was basically me and my sisters were the only young people, um, so my mum and um, me and my sisters decided to come here but I was already going to the youth group linked to this church um, at the Old Bridge, those of you who remember the Old Bridge, yeah. um, and Extreme and I was going to the groups there and um, helping to run some of those groups as well. So we came here and um, have been here ever since. Wonderful. <laughs> and life has certainly changed to it you since then. Since yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Ray, why did you come here, not, not on a Sunday, but other times, why do you come here? Well, I facilitate a um, bereavement support group on a Wednesday morning with Olive and Liz. And uh, been doing that now for just over four years. It's been... Relatively successful, very successful. Okay, thank you. Pass it on and I'll ask um, Olive, why, what else do you do, um, not I on a Sunday? I help out at the community lunch on Wednesdays. And how um, have you found that? Pardon? How have you found that experience, helping it's, out? It's, it's amazing. Um, we get about 60 to 70 people each Wednesday and beautiful lunches are prepared by um, uh, James and Anne and um, people just love coming on Wednesday. They say it's the highlight of their week. Many people are lonely, and they just come and they love to chat and, and over a meal with other people. They've, there's so, so many friendships have been made at the community lunch. It's amazing. Um, we have young, young mums as well with babies, a real um, selection of different age groups. That's good. It's excellent. Thank you. I'm going to go and find a young mum who's over here. I hope she doesn't mind. But um, just about... Oh, she was sat there a moment ago, but she's gone now. Oh, that's a shame. She knew it was coming. Right, who else is on my list? Oh, yes, I know. This is an interesting one. Why did Liz start coming to the bridge? Okay. Um, interesting. Um, it is interesting. That's uh, what I'm asking. Okay. Um, I... Um, I'd gone through um, a bereavement myself and um, I uh, was looking for somewhere, a new area to live and I had family over here so um, I came over to live in Shirley and um, my sister-in-law Mandy um, was coming to the bridge with Alex and Nathan and um, I decided to, um, well she was helping me a lot to try and find um, faith and um, I came to the bridge when it was at a school, a local school, before he came here to be built. And I've been here ever since. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, what does that kind of tell us? Oh, good answer, if anybody heard. I'll repeat what she said. That the good news about Jesus can be experienced through relationships with people. It's wonderful, thank you. Um, can I have the next slide? Because I'll see where I'm meant to be going now. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Good news gives health to the bones. Yes, the mouth of the righteous is the fountain of life. And wisdom is found on the lips of the discerning. May that be so. Next one, Dave. Ah, now I've invited <laughs> a number of people to come out the front so they can be shown, and you can see who they are. 
But Natashka said, oh, Dave, I'm sorry, I can't come. Um, and the girl at the bottom called Tracy, she emailed me a little while ago, not emailed me, she um, texted me, thank you, and, I had, and much to my surprise, she wasn't able to come. But I want to tell you about Natashka first, or Tash as she's known. Um, she first started to come to the bridge because she wanted a place for uh, her little boy and her to go, stay and play. You know about stay and play? That happens on a Wednesday in the morning and the afternoon. That's how she started to come. And then she realised this place was a church. And then she brought all her family along because she wanted to find a church. So that was really helpful. Now, Tracy, we heard mentioned uh, from Ray, the bereavement group that he runs. And Tracy first came to the bridge for that purpose. Um, because she'd lost her mum. Um, and she was very sad. And she, if she was here today, would explain to you how powerful, powerfully her understanding of death and what's happened to her mum has been changed. But also, because I met her, she comes on a Thursday morning, once a month, as part of a parents' group. And she now is so passionate about supporting other parents like me that she actually is one of the leaders of Family Equip. Um, and I'm really, really sad that she wasn't able to share with you today. But I do have a young friend with me who comes here on a Monday. I want to let you explain. Come on, Alex, let's have you out the front, please. In fact, if you stand up, because... Alex has this habit of dressing beautifully or differently. I try to. You try to. Okay. So, Alex, when did you start coming to the bridge? So, I started coming, I think, when I was about 10 years old. Uh, I met David uh, a little while before, and then he invited me to come along. And the clubs have been that I've, I used to come to as a member were absolutely fantastic because they gave me something to look forward to when I was at school, and also they allowed me to interact with other people who were going through the same things that I was going through and I was able to tell them some of the things that helped me a lot with, with my autism that I have and they were able to share their experiences with me. Um, and it was just a fun place to go where, like I say, you, you knew other people who were having similar challenges to you. Um, and now I help at the clubs. I've been doing um, volunteering at the clubs for a few years now and it's fantastic to see all the young people coming through um, and every single time I'm at the clubs, I'm learning something different. I'm helping the young people with things that I've learned over the years. So these clubs have been absolutely fantastic for me. And um, David's helped me tremendously over the years with a number of different things. Okay. Just tell us a couple of things that you do now that kind of keep you very busy. So um, at the moment, I've started my own business going around uh, companies and schools doing talks on my autism. Um, so I go into schools, universities, um, banks, loads of different places. Um, <clears throat> and I'm also a radio presenter as well. So I do a children's show on a Sunday morning um, on a local radio station. So I try and keep myself uh, busy. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much. It's Katie's turn now, please. I hope that what it says above it, these are words of encouragement. 
Now, you, many of you will recognize Katie, but I'm going to ask Katie why she first came to the bridge. Um, so, as Dave said, my name's Katie. Um, I started coming to the bridge when I was about 13 years old, um, which is 11 years ago now, which has gone very quickly. Um, but I started coming uh, because the youth pastor at the time, Dave Skopek, some of you might know, um, he was doing work in our secondary school at Lighthall, um, and he offered to teach me to play guitar for free here at the bridge, and I, I jumped at the chance. You did. Oh, I don't need that. You can keep that. Because I first met Katie when she was up in the youth room and, uh, and I was just kind of just come in as I do and look around what's happening. And I thought, wow. So that was really, really good. So what happened next after you started to come and got to know Dave and, and became a guitarist? I call her Kate the bass now. Um, yeah, so continued to come uh, to have guitar lessons with Dave. Um, and then a couple of my other friends as well started coming along. We started coming to the youth events, um, which were on Friday nights then. Um, I still had no idea this place was a church, um, and I didn't for probably about 10 months. Um, and then Jess started coming along as well, um, and we start, went to Soul Survivor, uh, which is like a Christian youth festival um, in the summer. And about half of the group that went, we ended up becoming Christians. And then I've been coming to church ever since. That's great. Thank you very much, Kate. Or Katie. Was it you that invited um, Jess? Or it was. That's wonderful. And so Dave Skopek probably helped you learn to sing, did he, or not? He helped a lot. Okay. Well, we can all sing. But yes, he, he was encouraging in the music, wasn't he? And so there, there's somebody coming to learn the guitar, and what happens? We, and uh, they also brought somebody called James along, did they not? Which is wonderful. Right. God's at work, even though we don't know why and why we do things necessarily. So those are the words of encouragement. Next slide, please, Dave. Oh, he's got there already. <laughs> Thank you. That's what Ben used. And he's saying that, that this was Paul again writing, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's good news. And, and it's a, not only good news, it's the power of God for salvation. And it's Jesus that we're following. Someone was praying before our meeting and I heard them say, it's all important. Where is she gone? I can't see her. All, of, all important about Jesus. Um, where is she? Anyway, she was praying that, which I was interested in. And we've got a new phrase in the church. When we meet people who don't come to church. And I want us to say, we are followers of Jesus. Yeah? Because if we say we're Christians, people get a particular flavour from maybe what's happening through the media. But that's a phrase that I'd like us to use a lot. We try to follow Jesus. The next slide, please, Dave. I read this right at the beginning. Paul's saying, 
My message was not with wise or persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the power, of the Spirit's power. And then the next bit, I want us to understand. It's Jesus that gives people that follow him gifts. We call them gifts of the Spirit. If we'd like to move on, we'll just see what they are. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are given not because we're religious, but because God wants the common good. So sometimes you might be given a gift of wisdom, for instance, for somebody who's part of the church. But have you ever thought about this, that you can have a word of wisdom for your neighbours? You can have a word of wisdom for the people that you work with. You can have gifts from God that can not only change our lives as believers, as followers of Jesus, but that can change lives out into the community. And do you know how I've learnt to get talking to my neighbours and have a good relationship with my neighbours? It's by asking them to help me. I find that if I ask my neighbours to help me, they begin to ask me to help them. And I had a real joy, if you go up to the youth room upstairs, there's some new chairs in that youth room. And they came from my next door neighbour. Because my next door neighbour knows what I do and knows that I run a charity. And he said, can you use these chairs? And I looked at them and I thought, yes, I know some friends who just moved house and I offered the chairs to them. But they wanted to buy their own special ones, which is good. Have you bought any yet? No, okay. <laughs> but but what, we, what, what I saw in that was that they, because they and I have got a relationship, we've helped one another, they wanted to bless me. And so I had to explain two things to them. I could I explain to them about the place across the road, um, the Bethel place. It's got the, what's its title? Restore. I explained to them about that and what that does and what the aim is to help people who are needing to come off drugs and alcohol and things. And I also explained all about what happens up in the youth room. And they were delighted to be able to give us these new chairs. But that's just an EG of what wonderful things can happen. Uh, because of getting on well with the neighbours, we help one uh, group of neighbours, uh, sorry, a family, not a group, a family, just because of our, their alarm. And it was always going off, isn't it, Marilyn? It's quite a, a stressful thing, but we said, okay, we'll be key holders. If something happens in your house, we'll go and check your house. I have gone into their house once to rescue the situation, 
and he, the neighbour was very embarrassed because it was so untidy, especially when I went to his office, and I thought, I went to his office just to check if anyone had broken in, you see, and, and, and saw there was no laptop. And so when I first saw him, or rang him, I said, there's no laptop. He said, don't worry, I've got it with me, fortunately. But it's that kind of relationship that can happen. But with that family, they had a son who was exceedingly poorly, exceedingly poorly. He had a cancer that affected his bloodstream, and all his bones were broken. So as a, as a young child, when the parent picked him up, when the mum picked him up, he was in agony. And believe it or not, if, if he had gone to the hospital, they may well have said to him, um, said to the mum, well, there must be some abuse going because he's in such agony. What have you been doing? Throwing this baby around. But actually, it was a horrible, horrible condition. Well, because of that, Marilyn and I and others, we got people in the church also to help us to pray. And that, amazingly, he's now an eight-year-old. Is he eight or nine? And he's very healthy, praise God, because he had a very serious cancerous condition. But God rescued him, and a lot of prayer went into his life. So in a way, I don't know what we were doing. I think what I was using there, a gift of the Spirit, when I was talking to his mum, was probably discernment. But in the end, we did discern and find out what the matter was, but that's what we prayed for. Discernment, and then we prayed once we knew what was causing him this pain, for healing. Now, I was so encouraged that Paul shared with us last week, thank you, Paul, about what you did in the supermarket praying for somebody because you noticed how much pain she was in and it was easy you said once you said can I pray for you it was easy that's what I want to encourage us that church isn't just what happens on a Sunday morning it's what can happen here every day of the week in different different groups I think we have a leaflet that says it's more than church if you've never read it read it and see what does happen because you can be involved in praying for it even if you're not a part of it. But even more importantly, I would really like to encourage you to think about how you can use these gifts that God gives with your neighbours, with the people that you meet. Because wonderful things can happen when you do that. Now, next, uh, I think we go on to... Yes, putting the world to right. Thank you. This is a phrase I read, which I thought was really helpful. I've had a conversation with lots of people while I'm waiting in dentists or hospital places, you know, with people. And often people of my age try to put the world to right. Yeah? You understand that, don't you? But this is what I heard. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask a person what makes them come alive. Or, another way of putting it, what they're passionate about. What are you passionate about? Does that make you come alive? I'm passionate about 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds. They're the sort of people that I love to talk to. They bring me alive. 
You can ask Marilyn about it. Wherever we go and there's teenagers, I'll talk to them. It helps me come alive because they've got life and I enjoy them. Then, once you know what come, makes you come alive, what gets you incited or excited or enthusiastic, next slide, Dave. Let's go and do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And as it says underneath, like we've already said, you can change the world for one person, one at a time. But here's the interesting thing. Let's move, let me quickly look. I've got time to do it. Look, next slide, please, Dave. Anyone know who this is? Hands up, if you know. Not a very brilliant picture of him. Oh, you do know. Okay, Nikola Tes Tesla. How do you know the word Tesla now? If you go through Touchwood, I'm sure you'll know. Cars. But that man, hundreds or more than 150 years ago, was an amazing engineer. And he could have changed the world so that you and I could have had free electricity for the whole of our life. He did. He knew a way of doing that. And that was rejected. Because people wanted to make money out of giving us electricity. But he was so clever. He used to do very risky things. If you want to read about him, incredible, incredible story, isn't it? But now, electric cars are named after him. But he was a man that could have changed the world, and did in some ways, because all his skill... There he is. If we go on to the next slide. There's Nicola. Uh, uh, Nicola, or how you say it. But just very quickly, Marie, Marie Kondu. Anyone know her? She could change your life. It's called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying. <laughs> Read it. <laughs> it makes you think. She's made quite a lot of money and very famous, particularly in the States. But actually, this book is good common sense. But that's what she's saying. It's life-changing once you learn to tidy. Yeah. Now, this person called Stuart Diamond, ever read his book? It's called Getting More. It's actually not necessarily about getting more financially. You're always negotiating. Get what you want every day. Yeah, it's amazing. And do you know, this was given to me by a friend, uh, who some of you will know, uh, who's like the, um, what's her called? The psychiatrist, what's she called? Remind me, you don't know. Rachel, thank you. Rachel, my friend Rachel is a bit like, um, what's she like, Marilyn? She's like Victoria Wood in the medical, uh, the Victoria Wood of psychiatry. Anyway, she got me this book. And I said, what are you giving me that for? She said, it's changed my life, David. I now know how to negotiate and get what I want. That's a psychologist talk, or a psychiatrist talking to me. This one, I'm surprised that my friend Craig doesn't know this person called Tony Houghton. Anyone know him? No. 
He, I won't read what's on the back cover because it'll take me too long, but Tony Houghton has written this book. It's called Rabbit's Risk Reward. His first thing as a teenage lad, he worked on a farm, is he started to raise his own rabbits and made fantastic amount of money and did really, really well. But his skills that he learnt in business now have affected all sorts of things. So I'm just reading a little bit from what it says here. It says, taking risks, so rabbits, risk and reward, taking risks yields rewards, but not in monetary terms. The rewards are new experiences, new friends, new skills, the satisfaction of encouraging others, travel, adventure, and ultimately a greater appreciation of the gift of life. That's that man's experience. And that's why he's written that. Started as a young teenager and written a book. What's that saying to us? It's worth a risk, isn't it? You and I can change the world for somebody by using if we, those gifts of the Spirit that we're talking about. What else have I got on there, uh, Dave? Oh, yes, let's, let's go on. Two more things. Sharing God's way of changing a community. Wow. Can we change our community? I think we can. But God has a way of doing it. And it's not by wise words of wisdom. It's by the nature of his power. And we can also learn how to change our community by talking to people who don't go to church. Because if we want to reach out there, we need to find out what they're thinking and how they're feeling about life. Thank you. I'm glad you agree. Now, we'll go to the final... Well, here's a question to you. Can we be an influence for good? Can we infect our neighbours? Can we even affect those who come to our door? Sometimes when we're in the middle of doing something, we interrupted. But can we affect them? Can we affect those who try and serve us, our doctors, our hospitals, our schools? Can we affect them? Yes. In conclusion, our words can bring life, hope, and encouragement. Do you want that? Okay. Our words have the power, what did it say? Of life and death. Could you bring up Dave now, hard to change it for me, but the words of a song, and I'll ask the other Dave, we've got three Daves at work here, ask the other Dave to put the tape. Oh, there it is. This is a song that I'd like us to know. Um, I'd like us to know? Yes. I'll read it to you. You heal the brokenhearted. Who's the you? Jesus. You set the captive free, you lift the heavy burden, and even now you are lifting me. What comes next, Dave? Because I There is no healer like the Lord our Maker. There is no equal to the King of Kings. Our God is with us, and we will fear no evil, because you do impossible things. That's what he does. Things that we think are impossible, he does. And I reckon this coming week as we start to reach out to people and we are not fearful and pray for people we'll see impossible things happen 
If we just go back, Dave, back to my um, PowerPoint, if you, if you can be clever enough to get back there. There's a prayer on there that I'd like us... Well, he's got to go all the way through. Sorry, Dave. Um, there's the prayer. So this is to do with what's in our mouth. Here's the prayer, simple prayer from one of the Psalms. May the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O God, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Shall we just pray that together now? Gracious Lord Jesus, help us. We believe that you are our rock. We believe you are a redeemer. You've bought us and you've changed us through your precious blood. But may our words of our mouth and the things that we think about be pleasing to you, O Lord. Amen. Just before we finish, I'm going to play you a song. And if you want something to happen for you, if you want something to change, that this song, which Dave will play to us, um, if you believe that God can do something for you, I want you to come to the ministry team here and just come out and ask for prayer. So maybe you've got a heavy burden, as it says there. Maybe you want some healing. Maybe there are things that you need from the Lord Jesus. Let's experience the power of the Spirit amongst us right now. So just come and ask. David will now play it, please. And just come forward and I'll ask them, those who pray in the ministry team to just come and pray for people.
Well, what a morning, what a morning. Sharon, stand up. Sharon, our drummer, it's her birthday today. So uh, you might like to uh, go, once she's out in the coffee bar, go and wish her happy birthday. And um, you may even ask her how old she is, but she's, uh, there we go. But happy birthday, Sharon. Bless you. Um, we're going to leave the, uh, the ministry team working and uh, tea and coffee are in the, uh, in the lounge. Uh, please go and uh, share fellowship and may you be blessed this week in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.